You're invited into a 112-year-old San Francisco cathedral for a magnificent dinner show, a lavish spread, fine cheeses, truffle honey, cocktail hour, artistic figure drawing, body painting, five gourmet courses, a full bar, dancing, a live band in a gorgeous stone cathedral in North Beach artistic expression, dance and art performances, plus the delicious juxtaposition of consensual bondage, a diverse body-positive latex fashion show in a place that literally reverberates with divine energy, vaulted ceilings, stained glass. This is our communion. A feast for the senses. Freedom and sacredness are not opposites. They are simply an invitation to our highest, sparkliest selves. Save the date. Saturday, November 23rd, 2019. Early bird tickets are $69. Yes, $69. And the intimate VIP champagne experience entices you to support Sexploration with Monica at 125. So give me a sign that you are an amen at Sexploration with Monica Dinner dot com. Compelling elegance. Sexy but not a sex party. We'll provide Sexploration with Monica pasties for the body painting, but feel free to bring your own. Adorned, costumed, and anointed? Yes. Come to sexplorationdinner.com to break the news. We created a show about eternal sacred sex. So I brought a bevy of sex educators to comedian Paul Brumbaugh to discuss how to turn your sex life up to an 11 now and forever. Susan Pizzazz Bratton brought her arsenal of cutting-edge treatments and Taoist practices for stamina, health, and pleasure. My star bondage performer, Rain Gray, is a renowned sex educator having lectured at Harvard, and we'll explore how extreme sex is like a meditation for her that gets her out of her mind and into her body and into the moment, from mind states to taking hormones and all the pleasure pathways in between leading to your next, ah, oh, God moment. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Sexploration with Monica. This is sex. Everyone gets what they want. This is Sexploration. Explore. Play. This is Sexploration with Monica. Sex is proof that God loves us and wants us to have fun. Sexploration with Monica at sexplorationwithmonica.com. 
my name is Paul Brumbaugh, and you're on the edge. I'm sitting here amongst three women that know a lot more about sex than I'll ever know in my lifetime. I don't think that's true. You don't think so? Maybe we could always the... learn more about sex. Well, that's I'm, what we do. I'm yeah. Th I'm thinking today, I'm definitely going to learn something new. Every day I learn something new, but today I figure I'm going to learn at least one thing new. I promise. Oh, maybe, good. Good. Maybe three things. I'm saying it's a math equation because there's three of us, so our combined experience is just going to outrake one person. That's how math right. works. That's right. Oh, we're going to go. We're going to go all 3D sexy on you. Okay, cool. And so that way I can also get it. This is kind of a sexual cramming session. What are, what are we cramming? <laughs> What's getting crammed into I'm what? I'm learn as much as I can. <laughs> I, I deeply enjoy sexual cramming. Oh, good. I'm glad. Uh, joining us again after years and years, we've gone through two or three studios since the last time you've been in ours. Rain de Grey, everybody. How woo, are you woo. doing, dear? I painted this bathroom back in the day. Wow. Back when it was PCR, Pirate Cat Radio? I've, I've put some time in this studio, yes. Oh, there you go. Uh, it's, it's what we call sweat equity. Right, yeah. right. So okay. you gained it. And then uh, joining me again for the second, second or third pairing, mm -hmm. right? I don't know. We Could keep doing more. this thing over and over. Multiples, yeah. Multiples. I like multiples. <laughs> I know you <laughs> do. Especially when you're in the room. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's uh, joining us, sex educator, Monica Thomas. Thank you, Paul Brumbaugh. Yes, it's great to be on the edge of insanity again, bringing the sexploration with Monica team. I've got Susan Bratton in the room as well. We're going to talk about sacred sexuality. I'm very excited. Awesome. I look forward to that. And then uh, Susan, we've never had you in the studio. We've never had you. Yeah, I'm being virginized right now, Paul. <laughs> yes. First time yes. for everything. Uh -huh. right, it's already good. feeling so good. We're I can tell you that ground. my first time has been excellent so far. <laughs> Wow, I'm telling you, just hold my hand. I'm starting to tremble here. So there we go. Um, glad to have all three of you in-house. And, of course, you have your, your bodyguard outside. Yes, Sir Tim. He is my driver and the love of my life. He gets me everywhere I need to go in style. Oh, that is He's so With good. a smile. He's Uber with benefits. He is, definitely. <laughs> okay, okay, He's like the it. Uber and the Luber. Ooh, yeah, we, because that's what we call them. That, you know, those drivers go both ways in the city. There are Ubers and there's Lyft. We just call them Lubers. Lubers. Oh, <laughs> That's a cute idea. It brings everyone together. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. So we are going to be talking about sexuality. Sexploration with Monica. Boy, I was always the token straight guy. Yeah. And no, you were the best token straight guy. I mean, it's important to have someone in the room who wants to ask the questions from a non-sex educator perspective. The every man, the straight guy, you know, the token straight guy. Well, until I started meeting like you in San Francisco and other people along the, the radio uh, waves, I thought I was a pretty wild and crazy kind of guy. And yet there's so much more oh, to explore. Oh, oh, Holy. Oh, I'm just vanilla. I oh, know. I'm like translucent. <laughs> Me too. It's amazing. <laughs> You're like, wow, I didn't know how square I was until I really went exploring. I'll tell you right now, I even turned 50 shades of red, not gray, but uh, uh, 50 shades of red, just posting your guys' pictures. I'm looking at pictures yeah. online and I'm, I'm in trouble, especially with rain and you, oh, Susan, oh my gosh. I know. I should if, be doing If this. you Google me, you can find my butthole very easily. <laughs> it's true. I bet that's true. Yeah. That's well, to do gotta go Google. Rain's butthole. Alright, cool. You rank right up there with a lot of those people. You're actually ranked on Pornhub. 
Do I get to call you a porn star? You know, I've never really, I mean, I guess technically you, you could say I am, but the, the honest truth is that I am a pervert and I went on this journey for myself. Right. I was very curious and I wanted to learn. And honestly, the only way to get the experiences I craved was I had to get it through a studio. I had an experience where they took a tractor and it took a crew of eight people, five hours they dug a hole, they put a plastic bag over my head, they buried me underground, upside down, in a crucified position with a dildo in me, and caned me and used a vibrator while blocking off my breathing tube. So I was upside down, underground, crucified, and I couldn't breathe. Now, you can't really meet someone in a bar, Sir and Lord. And be like, hey, can yeah. you <laughs> do you have a do tractor? So I started doing John these. Deere, anyone? You look for John Deere hats, people wearing John Deere <laughs> I hats. don't know that I would want that. I, I'm a very, anyone. it's a, when you talk about sacred sexuality, like the, the body is the finest tool we will ever be given. And most people are afraid to play with it. They don't explore it. They live it from the neck up. And I was extremely curious what I could do with my body. Mm. And frankly, modeling was the way that I could get access to the most skilled people with the best toys that were the most professional that were going to give me the experiences I craved. So And safety. safety I can imagine yeah. that you, right. from a consent perspective right. and in absolutely mm. lots of people in the room, right. making sure that... Right. Or yeah. in the field, everyone's in this case. hands Look are where you want them. Kind that of sounded so. like a Chris Angel kind of event. I mean, I, the tractor, the dildo, the right. breathing tube. That's it sounded like you had to have. We have ambulances standing right. by. I've definitely done bits where they've had an EMT on set. So technically, I am a porn star, but I consider myself more of a naked performance artist. Yeah. Uh, okay, okay. So that's what I was okay. going to say. You're more of a performance artist and or model. Yeah, I had friends that went to L.A. and tried to do the boy-girl thing. And Wait, um, what's the boy-girl thing? Uh, yeah, what is the boy-girl thing? Will you take a penis mm -hmm. and then you put it in the vagina. Like penis, vagina, and porn? <laughs> Could you draw a picture of this illustrated for us? I, I know it's not going to work for our She's viewers. She's doing hand signals right now, making the little circle with one the hand. Penis and penis goes in the, the hole. Yeah. Um, I just, vanilla porn was, was never really my bag. Uh -huh. And I always swore that I would never do anything on film that I wasn't willing to do for free. I would never do anything right. for money. Okay. So if I wasn't willing to do the experience for free, I wasn't going to do it. And going down to L.A. and just randomly meeting people and hopping on their genitals was not what I was looking for in my that journey. That was in your bag. No. So no. let's jump the shark, so to speak, and mm -hmm. go from porn to sexuality. You wanted to explore it at all. It was, it was more for a love of the game. It wasn't right. for money. It wasn't, it wasn't for, for money. No, it was no, no. for self-exploration yes. if you will i quite inadvertently got a name which i wasn't looking for i didn't want money or fame or people to know who i am once i started modeling i'm very opinionated and love learning and education became a really natural progression when i learn something i want to share it with other people so i started educating and i've been doing it for a decade now i don't actually have a college degree and i've managed to lecture at harvard who would have ever thought that putting your butthole on the internet would mean that you could be a Harvard lecturer? <laughs> it's been an interesting journey to date, and I'm only just getting started. Well, it, it's great that you're here with us. Don't worry, nobody will actually find out you're here with us. So, so you're keeping under the wire by being on the edge of insanity. If anything, mm -hmm. we're to get some listeners yeah, with Monica and Sexploration. But don't worry, your amenity is safe here with us. Thank you. I feel better. 
So that just really brought the room down to a zero. Well, I, kind of yeah, it's hard to down. know exactly where to go after that. But I often think, what are the things that you've learned by putting your body in extreme situations? So I'm imagining being able to focus in on the moment. Oh, I'm actually so glad you asked. That's a really good question. It's incredibly empowering. Women are told culturally from the moment we're born, be careful, be safe, be cautious. Don't go to the corner store to get milk at midnight. Totally. Don't get anyone upset. You know, just be calm. Don't take and, up a lot of space. And be afraid. Be afraid. And for me, doing really extreme exploration was incredibly empowering because I realized I was so much stronger than I ever anticipated. When you challenge your body and you push the limits, you find that you're capable of so much more than you expected. Also, my mind is very active and it never, ever, ever stops. And I need basically to be hit over the head with a baseball bat in order to get my brain to calm. And the really extreme experiences were very meditative. Mm -hmm. They were very zen. Mm -hmm. I would be completely calm and in the moment. You don't think about the electrical bill. You don't think I've got to buy cat food. You don't think someone yelled at me. You're fully immersed in the moment. It's, so it's very grounding and empowering. I'd like to say something about that. I think it's interesting that often, and this is Susan, you wanted extreme sensation, extreme experience mm -hmm. to feel trust and surrender. Mm -hmm. Most of the time when I'm teaching people how to make love, because that's kind of my jam, is mm -hmm. how to turn sex into passion, mm -hmm. how to make love, how to find deep connection and deep intimacy and deep pleasure together. And often what I explain is that the feminine being estrogen, kind of estrogen dominant, where mm -hmm. our mind is all over the map, as you had described, you know, mm -hmm. the cat food, the electrical bill, what, mm -hmm. what have you, mm -hmm. and that the masculine, it doesn't matter what your gender is, someone holds the masculine role, someone holds the feminine role, the masculine typically, you know, in the bell curve being testosterone forward, testosterone dominant, he, his job is to create the safe container for her to relax so that she can begin to climb the arousal ladder. So he creates the safety and the space for her to let go and to get out of her head and into her body. You mm -hmm. took an entirely different route of like mm -hmm. total danger to get out of your head. You had to, it's like being a rock climber in a Zen mm -hmm. moment. It's the flow state. You got into flow state mm -hmm. doing extreme sex <laughs> where generally the average person, that wouldn't be the path that they would take. So that's very unique for you. Well, but I it goes to the common think, paradigm. Yeah. It's about so much sense sensation right, right. to me, like, like there's so much going on right. that you can't think. Right. Yes. That's it's my entire life has been a quest. I consider myself a responsible hedonist, a quest to find states where my brain will shut up and I don't care what tools I utilize. That's mm -hmm. just what I crave. It's interesting that you mention estrogen. I've always believed that I got a very high dose of testosterone in the womb. Yeah. Uh, I'm tall. I have a deep voice. I have mm -hmm. big hands. I have an incredibly high sex drive. I can have an orgasm in about 30 seconds. Mm -hmm. I can easily have 50 orgasms in a day without really straining Your myself. Your orgasmic potential is or, just phenomenal. And, and I don't, yeah. I don't need a uh, foreplay or warm up. So, and a, a lot of the times that kind of like flighty female estrogen energy, I kind of can't really understand because I approach things more logically. Mm -hmm gender and sexuality is a spectrum fluid yeah I, i've always felt very fluid with how i explore those things you think that you may have got a higher dose of testosterone in the womb mm -hmm. have you ever been tested no uh, -uh that's costs money and time and i'm oh. short of both 
it's a theory, mm -hmm. but right. like, what would I do with the information? Well, I mean, continue I, I, being who you are. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Okay, I mean, good. Right. I just, I'm, I'm not going to bother getting tested. It's, a, it's a theory. I could be wrong, but I don't think that I am. And but, it's, but it's who makes you you. The thing is that it's our job to be the best version of ourselves we possibly can be. Right. And I wake up every day and I ask myself, how can I be less of an asshole today than I was yesterday? That's my mantra. Oh, that's I'm, a good one. I'm always doing the self-work. Most of us never take the time to figure out who we are. We live our entire lives. You might as well get to know who you are. You're trapped with yourself for your whole life. And people get afraid to do the reflection. And I've spent a lot of time sitting down and getting to know myself. And the more I get to know myself, the easier this life journey is. I put testosterone on my clitoris every morning. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh. Like I, a roll-on kind of thing, like the guys have the underarm? <laughs> it's actually suspended in organic coconut oil because mm. that's the carrier cream that I prefer. But it's bioidentical hormone replacement therapy, so I use estrogen and testosterone intravaginally. I put it inside on my vaginal mucosa. Mm. And then at night balance the estrogen and testosterone with progesterone. And I also take oxytocin intravaginally. I've got a mm -hmm. genetic snip that says I'm a low oxytocin producer. Mm -hmm. I'm always a little lower than most people in my oxytocin. And so I find that oxytocin kind of like fluffs up my mm -hmm. vagina and makes me more sweet and puppy-like and lovey, lovey and snuggly, cuddly. more cuddly than I would normally be. Hmm. Right. That's good. I mean, again, it's about being in touch with who you are. Well, and good. knowing how your hormones, hormones are right, operating. Yeah, and right. understanding well, your physiology. Right. Yeah, yeah. how your body you can react. And it, it sounds like it can go a lot of different ways, but it sounds like you have a way of monitoring and tweaking it to yeah. your desire. Also, semen has a lot of testosterone in it, sure. and mm -hmm. that's nice for women who want more. You know, testosterone gives you balls. It gives mm -hmm. you courage. And over the years, if you're, as your testosterone Drive. declines, mm -hmm. you start acting and feeling like a little old scaredy lady. I, I thought testosterone, Even men do. the aggression part of testosterone was kind of a, kind of a myth. Uh, no, no absolutely so. not. I have it had people, have I've had effects. friends that have mm -hmm. transitioned were female to male, and mm -hmm. they said that taking the testosterone, really they were incredibly you. violent. They were incredibly sexual. It's like having a whole new brain. Yeah. Multiple people have done the transition, and they're like, I want to beat up everyone and fuck them. <laughs> well, I'm actually... Uh, yeah, it doesn't make you violent. It makes you feel yeah. more violent. So you can choose whether or not you act, act on, on your it. feelings, obviously. You can right, choose right. to be a grown-up. But that you're feeling like your mind is working in a different way and actually reading the research of how women, mm -hmm. as they transition into men, what their hormonal and how their brain changes, like that is so interesting to right. me to see how yeah. estrogen is affecting me and how when I get a little bit, so you also get testosterone through making out with yes, kissing, guys. Saliva, kissing. saliva yeah, and just, semen. Yes. Yeah, sucking it right out of their faces, yes. getting your mouth in there. Yep. And what's really amazing is how much more turned on I get after making out. Like it really makes a huge difference. And I think if we knew about kissing and testosterone and vasopressin, which is one of the love chemicals for mm. men, you know, how that works, how men fall in love, how women fall in love, we would understand how our sexuality and our relationships work. I'm actually going through a process with a loved one supporting someone transition. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to weekly testosterone shots with this individual because they have problems with 
their motor skills and stuff and trying to give them self-injections. And so they're currently on their eighth week. And I know that's early on. And I know that I've noticed some differences when it comes to that. So I know that definitely, well, definitely hormones come into play. Just it's funny how everyone's body's different. Mm-hmm. And that even though we're, we all consider ourselves sexual beings in this room, we definitely operate on different, let's say, operating systems. We definitely have our different regimens mm-hmm. like Susan's or we have our way of life and the way we guide ourselves. It's so different, but we're so similar. It's so strange. When I look at hormones, I think it's a really delicate thing. Mm -hmm. And maybe I'm just looking at it from the token straight guy uh, uh, perspective. I mean, I think of women when they go on birth control. I think of women when they first go on, have their period and and, and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. There's a lot of stuff like that. And even guys, wow, we have a lot of hormonal things too that go Mm -hmm. up and down, Mm -hmm. even at... 52, I've got a lot of stuff and I don't have anything I can inject into my vagina or I can't. You can get it though. Yeah, you can put testosterone. Best way to do it is in the rectum. Or you can, you can get put the little, patch. You can get those things you out. I personally, the patch and the exactly. shot and all those kinds of things, the thing that I struggle with with regard to those is that you get this rush of testosterone and then it wanes and then you get rush and wanes. So you think about what the curve of that is. It's like it spikes and then declines, spikes and declines. So you're doing that with your testosterone where if you take a small amount rectally every single day, then you're, not, you're on this nice steady state. It's yeah. a drip system. So mm-hmm. I think that's the best, but not every guy wants to stick his finger up his butt every morning. I don't know why. It's not, it's just his boss. Exactly. <laughs> be, be a little more open-minded. Already. Yeah. Okay, so there, there you go. I'm, I, I'm not being prude, but yeah, that wouldn't be the exact, I don't like taking stuff anally. It's hardly anything. It's one little, it's just me. I know you're looking at me I'm like, what a so, prude. I can't uh, believe this. I'm, I'm remembering the time I double fisted someone's ass. Oh, that was, <laughs> but okay. Here's the wow. thing. Have you died of constipation? No, <laughs> you have not. Story, I probably wouldn't. If you if you haven't died of constipation, you can certainly get something in your ass. I'm just saying, okay. it works both ways. A little finger's not much. Your but, own little finger's but, not much. But we shouldn't be shaming him. You know what? Your no. feelings are valid. Yeah. And if that's something that you don't want to do, I was uh, encouraging. I I often yeah. wonder if that's a cultural thing. I had someone that emailed me yesterday, and they were having prostate trouble. Uh huh. And they had realized that one of the ways that they could really help with this prostate trouble is doing Mm self-stimulation. And what they're struggling with is that even though they know it's it's something that's medically good for them, they're they're worried that it's gay. And they're like, I'm feeling the societal conditioning and prostate trouble runs in their family. And they're like, this would actually be beneficial for me and probably help me live longer. And I can't get over the societal conditioning and the fear of sticking something in my butt. At least he's noticing. He's noticing it. I mean, that's the first step to being able to get over it to want to get over it like Mm -hmm. that is at least you have the awareness i mean there's a lot of people who are completely in darkness and then they go to no i just can't i just couldn't i can't even think about it (laughs) you that's gross not even like oh no this would probably help me right Right? like and i don't even think of the gay component of it with me i think it's how do I say it? I, I'm always a comic, and I'm sorry, guys, but it's kind of like 
I've never had a doctor hit the right spot. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I've never well, had they anybody try not else to hit any third spots. They're trying not to stimulate yeah, you. They try right. to not make it feel good because they don't want to turn you on. That would be incredibly unprofessional. Like, right? Like they literally study in med school to not to... turn you on. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like they, hopefully, they don't dim the lights, turn up the very. The they are doing the opposite lighting. of that. They're trying right. to touch tissues that aren't. Right, so Nerve I guess the only one I'm saying is I've never experimented that way, and I think one of it is I've always only had a doctor, or I've had to put take things rectally, or I've had procedures done like colonoscopies, mm-hmm. and every one of those has had a negative thing. I've never really thought per se of the, well, I think about the gay thing, but that's not, like, oh, I just wouldn't do it kind right. of thing. It's just more like... That's never been my back Never experimented. And I well, think we fantasize about things, and this is kind of a little jump again, but I think we fantasize about things that we necessarily wouldn't do. Sometimes we fantasize a little bit more... On the edge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then, then some of us are willing to go. I look at Rain again. I'm sorry. Some <laughs> of us are willing to go. I mean, it, some of us fantasize about things that look good on paper, but when it comes down to it, I think Monica and I spoke about this. Like, you don't like anal. It's true. I've tried it. I'm like, oh, that feels like pooping. Yeah. And so some people, it's just like, it it doesn't, it it doesn't work for everyone. One of the mottos that I live my life by is that I would rather try something once and not like it than be on my deathbed and think of all the things things I wish I'd had the courage to try and it was too late. We only have one life and we spend so much time limiting ourselves and like, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. And before you know it, your time's up. I would much rather try something and be like, oh, hey, that didn't work for me. But now at least I know. My yeah. life is a is a constant homework assignment. Right. The thing with, with anal is that it's truly a mental thing. Oh, fully. And if you can't do the mental thing, you're never going to – you have to uh, be willing to make that jump in your mind. I, uh, I was a pro-dom for years, and I specialized in de-virginizing men who had – this was their fantasy. This is what they wanted. They couldn't wait. And they were going to do it in a professional setting with someone who was not going to damage them and knew what and she was, was doing. Mm-hmm. And they, I would have multiple responses. I had men crying tears of joy on the end of my dick because yeah. it felt so amazing. Aww. And they realized how many years of pleasure they had cut themselves off of because they were so ashamed <laughs> to explore this. Aww. And on the other end, I had men just looking at me blankly like, when does the party start? And it was like they'd wanted this, and they finally had the experience, and it's just not how their bodies were wired. Oh. Right. Well, so, you know, that makes sense. Because and I you can that... rewire your nervous system. Well, that's healthy. That's all healthy stuff. You if you be... want to. Yeah, that's, I think, I like to call it creating new neural pathways to exactly. pleasure. You just mm-hmm. get used to it, and then it becomes not so scary. Yeah, you stimulate someplace erotically, and then continue stimulating. Something that I wanted to say about the prostate situation is that there's a really nice Taoist practice that I recommend for men who aren't into sticking something up their butt for prostate stimulation. And that is Taoist practice called riding the wave. And riding the wave is essentially a masturbatory practice where you understand your arousal from a scale of one to 10 and you masturbate up to a five and then you back off a little. And then you go to a six and then you back off a little. You go to a seven and back off a little. It's a very slow rising. You're managing your arousal levels and you're taking yourself up and down your own arousal levels. So you don't get to the point of no return, what they call the P-O-N-R. But the idea that if you can go to a five and then go to a six and then go to a seven and go to an eight and go to a nine and learn how to manage your arousal, 
what you're also doing is you're kind of pulling down some of the semen into the prostate. It's kind of dropping down in there, but because you're not releasing it by just taking yourself straight to a climax, it engorges the prostate. It mixes the old oh. prostatic fluid with the new prostatic fluid such that, cause you're kind of going like that with your prostate right. uh, because it's a muscle, it contracts. And then when you do ejaculate, you're ejaculating out some of that older fluid. So that's oh. a way to do that without any internal prostate stimulation. But a lot of guys are finding that they really like a prostate toy of some kind. And, you know, it might be a butt plug, but it could be something like a prostate tool with a vibrator in it. Like the Duke from Fun Factory is a really nice tool. It's got a nice deep rumbly vibe. It goes right up and touches right on the prostate gland. It gives vibration to the perineal area. And if you use that in combination with this kind of riding the wave masturbatory practice, not only does it reverse premature ejaculation, because one in four guys feel like they don't have enough control over their mm -hmm. ejaculation response. Mm -hmm. So this gives them ejaculatory choice and pleasure and a blended type of an orgasm with the prostate stimulation and the penile masturbatory stimulation. You get that combo and it's for many men, the best orgasmic experience yeah, that they have. Like a hundred times better than the regular. Just the cross just keeps getting better. Yeah. It just keeps getting. By the way, I want to jump in. I, I also have my partner of crime hanging out with me. I've got Brandon Ray. Everybody. Hi, Brandon. Hi, Brandon. Thanks for joining us. How are you doing, Brandon? I'm doing good. Good. I'm glad to see you here. Thanks for parking the car, guy. I've also got uh, Mistress Christine out there. Hi, darling. How are you? Hi, tap Christine. hard. Yeah. I want you to tap <laughs> as hard as you can. There you are. You don't want me to tap. That's later, especially when I just heard Brain talk about strapping one on and making someone come. All right, so. Uh, <laughs> I'm really, really, really good at that. Well, that's what I was just going to say. So I, I, I totally was listening to every bit of that story, and I could totally understand how some people have to live that out because all of us have a bucket list, but I think all of us still have a sexual bucket list. Of course. Oh, my God. It's all gone. She's I'm got like, her well, checked I off. I have done the things that I wanted to do. You've right. got to get some more things on your list. I mean, I, I have oh, like nothing? people that I want to do things that I haven't <laughs> managed to schedule that with. Well, that's still kind of cool. But, you know, there's there's, there's always hope for the future. Right? Yeah. Google calendars. So, yeah, <laughs> men, yes, deal. exactly. I, I think they're down for it, Monica. Okay, but what about you two ladies? Isn't there still more on your sexual bucket list? Yeah, I, I always have things on my sexual bucket list. Let me see. What, what, I'm always interested in something. Yeah, what are you exploring? Well, most right recently, now? I've been learning more about penis enlargement. Mm. Not for myself you because tell. I have a, I just have a big clit. But I have been doing a lot about penis enlargement and reversing erectile dysfunction. I've been doing. I've been learning a lot about sexual regenerative treatments and techniques like stem cells and PRP shots, like the orgasm shot and the Priapus shot and gains wave shockwave therapy that reverses erectile dysfunction and using vacuum erection devices, AKA penis pumps for ED and for penis enlargement. The Does bummer, that stuff work? I thought it, that was all everything I just said works really, really well. Yes. I actually, not my latest book, but one of the books I wrote in the last six months, I've written 33 books now, hoy. Um, but one is called The Pumping Guide, and it's basically how to pump your penis to reverse atrophy. You know, the problem is penises shrink as you age and no women's way. vaginas get bigger. So, you know, you've, you're a married couple and you've been together for 20 years and you're like, all of a sudden I got a floppy vagina and your penis is tiny. What are we going to do about this? You know, love. you got to get a good grip. You got to keep your grip strength, you know, as a woman, right? 
<laughs> so yeah, I've been learning, I've been like diving into all of that and it's been very, I've been learning everything about penis enlargement using vacuum erection devices and all this stuff. Also CO2 lasers and RF devices that go up inside the oh. vagina to oh. essentially reconstitute the vaginal mucosa. That's what that tissue right. in your vagina is called. It's called your vaginal mucosal so tissue. Go in and fluff the sheets. Yes, exactly. It fluffs you back up because it gets thin as you age. And you have to keep it stimulated. Yes. Oh, and there's these vibrators that I've been really interested in and been working with called pulsators from Fun Factory. I'm, I don't pay paid for them. They don't. No, no, any, I just like them. Our new uh, sponsor for the day. Oh, good. There you go. Fun Factory. But the pulsator is like, it's like a fucky fucky machine. It's a thruster. It thrusts in your vagina. And for many women, like I had a, a woman write to me yesterday and she said, you know, I've got this guy I'm kind of interested in. I think it could be leading to sex. And I feel like my vagina has gotten so tight and small. I don't think I could get his penis in there. What would you do? And so I gave her kind of a prescription for, you know, how to open herself again through mm -hmm. masturbation and using different tools, including these thrusting types of, they give them one of them shaped like a penis and like meditation practices you definitely. can do and like jade eggs and, and I find making sound to be very helpful mm. to like really <sighs> yeah. Like deepen into your sensations and really like let go those really tight muscles because you're yep. always like being tight, 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 tight. And sometimes yeah. that really A gets in the way of your feeling as well. But also, yeah, it can be. We've all been in the situation where you're like trying to get, you want to have sex, you're trying to get someone in there and it's like, there's nothing. Working. Yeah. There's nothing so, there. Yeah. And as, as so, okay. So as you were saying, as we get older, guys shrink. Yeah. Shrinkage. Right? Sucks. Girls, girls atrophy. Bigger. Yeah. Laxity. Atrophy and laxity. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I know that there with women, there's also mucus and, and stuff. How about lubrication? Yeah. Lubrication. Well, that's what's nice about these CO2 lasers and the RF devices like Femilift and Vaviv and things like this. They go up inside and what they basically do is subcutaneous micro damage to the epidermal, the deep epidermal layers oh. of the vagina. It's it very stimulating. <sighs> and then your micro body, damage. it's yeah. micro damage. Little that's what they do when they do microdermabrasion or they do laser sure. on your face or get rid of age spots. Same thing. It's micro damage, subdermal micro damage that then stimulates new tissue growth. It, the cytokines from the damaged area call in your stem cells to regenerate the tissue. And then you get a lot of lubrication back. You get grip back again. The actual tissue gets thicker again. It recollagenates. So it's pretty amazing what can be done, especially because older women tend to have pain with intercourse as they age, as their estrogen declines, as their tissues thin from the decline of estrogens. So there's a lot that can be done. Now. No, and so there's also, I think, non, there's things that you can do yourself at home with just awareness and practice and sensation too. I mean, as much as the extreme measures, you know, things that you can buy. And I think those things sound like they cost a lot of money. Well, the CO2 laser or the RF intravaginally or the gains wave, you're probably going to spend $2,000, but if you could get it, but the thing but is you can make steps and sometimes it's home. not enough. Sometimes well, the pain sometimes doesn't is, go you away. Try you can try, the first you can try hormone replacement. You can try you know, using lots, lots of, of lube, lube, but sometimes Silicone that's just not enough. Really good. True. 
Okay, yeah. sometimes so they're not enough. But so try I, it first. Yeah, and I, I I love all the stuff that you're recommending. The way that I have that really works for me is that I long ago divorced myself of the mindset that sex is penis and vagina, mm. and I do not need an erect cock in any way. I can have the smallest, most shrunken cock. Do you know that you can suck an <laughs> orgasm out yeah. of a completely flaccid dick? Yeah. Do you know how much you will dazzle a man? A man has so much shame attached to his dick. And when, yeah. he's, and when, he, when you right. step into the bedroom and you're like, this you is a judgment. You don't even need an erection, You don't honey. need an erection. So much of my sex is not erection-based. Yeah. And when you take away the mindset that sex has to have an erect dick, you take that off the table, it frees up so many options. Yeah. Some of the most amazing sexual experiences I've ever had in my life did not evolve a man's erect cock and taking that that shame and that stigma and that fear when you take the pressure off uh one of the homework assignments i always give is the next time that you have an interaction with someone no orgasms take the orgasms off the table sex is oh, about just the, explore pleasure just, sex is about the, the, so the journey yeah. not the destination the and everyone's like yeah yeah but did did we get there did we get there did, the did thing we happen? have the crotch yeah. sneeze yeah but take take all the orgasm off the table and it's amazing what you can have as options it, it yeah. really is liberating and it's slower too mm. you know you're not trying to get tense and like right. oh is this gonna happen right i, I really st- oops sorry i uh, i'm sorry I, I really stand for the opposite of that <laughs> that's valid that's uh right. yeah Yeah, because I think that for the people who follow me, my fans and followers are very Mm. heteromonogamous people. They have one partner. Mm -hmm. They don't, they're fairly vanilla people Mm -hmm. and they want to make love for the rest of their lives. They want to have intercourse and they want it to be orgasmic for both partners. He wants to last long enough. He wants to give her pleasure. She wants to have orgasms and she doesn't want to feel pain. Mm -hmm. And they want to keep that going for as long as they can because for them, for the large majority of people, they find their deepest connection in those moments of being inside each other, being enveloped in each other. So not that they don't want to do all kinds of other things, sex positions, oral, etc. But what I like to do is I like to know everything that you could possibly do and try to keep your dick working. I like to say, nice to have a banging boner your whole life. It's a sign of health. If you're not getting wood, what's the systemic reason why, what can be done, how can you reverse it? That's one reason. There's Mm -hmm. many. Mm -hmm. And then for women as well, as you age, I mean, I have to say you guys, I'm probably 20, maybe 30 years older than both of you. And Mm -hmm. so I've gotten into an age where just putting on more lubes, not enough. And so what I want to do is I want to use the latest and greatest technologies and treatments that may not be available to everyone, but I want to let people know what they are because if you had $2,000 to spend on this or that, and you didn't know that you could have fun, non-painful sex for the rest of your life with that $2,000 versus going to Hawaii or whatever, that would cost even more, whatever it is, at least knowing about it. It's true. You do want to know what your you options are. You want to know are. what your options are. And especially if you've yeah. tried all the other things yeah. first. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So Sexploration with Monica loves coming on the edge of insanity. Yay. Thank you so much for having us. Paul. No problem. I want to talk about our coming up bondage dinner at the cathedral. Please Why we're do. talking about sex 
sacred sexuality. It's November 23rd, beautiful cathedral in San Francisco. So excited to have Rain de Grey performing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we're talking about the intersections of spirituality Mm -hmm. and sex, because I think one of the things that we're doing with Christianity and certainly the traditional Catholicism, we've like made them the opposite of each other. Like Mm -hmm. that sex is shameful and bad. And how can we transcend that? Like, how can we combine them and make sex sacred again? So it's been sacred this whole time. So that's mm-hmm. what we're we're doing. Thank you so much for having us on the edge of insanity, Paul. No, thank you, ladies, for being here. And we really appreciate it. Like I said, I needed an education. I feel like this is more of not just a radio show, but an intervention <laughs> for me. For everyone. For me, How can we help world? you, Paul? What can we do? I to the dick doctor and get checked. Yeah. What's going on. Happy so to help you I out. Do because do I just go in and go, hi, I just throw me up on the rack, you know, kick the tires, tell me what's wrong, or well, what do we do? Are you having, a, are you feeling, you're getting bendy, having ha- trouble? I'm feeling maybe now, now I'm not feeling as confident as I was until I started listening to your conversation. Well, once you get to be 50, it's harder and harder to get all that blood pumping down into your penis. I mean, the penile nerves and the penile blood vessels, they're at the end of the line of your body. Your heart has to pump three times more to get the blood all the way down to your penis that it does for the rest of your circulatory system. So then, like you said, we're always looking for the underlying reason. Yeah. So I'm not going to armchair this, but I will anyway. Okay. So as you said, as we get older, our bodies change uh, 50. I just went through surgery on my leg and it was uh-huh. vascular surgery. Uh-huh. And so it was my blood yeah. getting from, from my heart down to my extremities, my feet, mm-hmm. and then coming back up and I yeah. was receiving reflux. Uh-huh. And so even things like that, I have nerve damage from, I had shingles. Oh, yeah. I'm so sorry. With your AARP card. Yeah. Right? It comes in the mail. You Mm -hmm. get your shingles. Everything's fine. So Uh, I've got tournament leg damage here. Shingles are no fun, man. Mm -hmm. So I have a lot of nerve things going on. Yeah. And you said, like you said, it's not just about lube and and stuff like that. And Mm -hmm. like when you were talking about penis pumps, I go, wow, that's the kind of stuff you see in the back of the old Playboy magazines as a like a myth thing. Like I want to get thing. it out of the closet and mm-hmm. into the light for men because it's a tool mm-hmm. for you to keep your erectile function, your blood flow. What the pump does basically when you, when you use a, it's a vacuum device. So it pulls your flaccid penis up into the chamber. Yeah. And then what that does is that actually expands the tunica albuginea, which is the, the shirt uh, that covers over, you My know, the little uh, winter sweater. Yes. Yeah, your little winter sweater okay, on your cool. penis. Exactly. Exactly. It's the thing that holds the corpus cavernosum and spongiosum inside there, all the spongy erectile tissue. It's like the shirt around your penile tissue. And what that pump does is it opens that tissue a bit and it pulls more blood into all of the erectile tissue so that you're increasing blood flow. Basically, we have atrophy in our penises. Yes, you do. Well, everywhere. I mean, you have, if you have wrinkles on your skin, if you have, you know, you're, we are all aging. Okay. But right. What is, what is, does, I'm guessing for men, maybe masturbation helps too, because you're doing something. Absolutely. It no? really it does knows, help. Uh, it's not going to, I don't, it's not a penis you don't pump. think it's enough. 
No, it's I, not I really don't. Stretchy, pulley. And I don't think jelking smart either. I don't think that jelking for penis enlargement is What's a good idea. Jelking? jelking is essentially stretching your penis and pulling on your penis with your hands. Oh, okay. That's kind of like the really poor man's penis. What pump. about the it's dangerous? Um, the Jess extender where it just stretches it. Have you seen that? Yeah, the, there's like extenders. There's weights. Uh, a lot of men get peyronies, uh, which right. is curvature or bend, or they've had a trauma to their penis like mm -hmm. a girl's ridden them too hard and it kind of breaks their penis it breaks the tunica albuginia of a penis that's actually from a some damage yeah it can I be it was from well some are natural too long some are naturally curved okay. but other men get an actual break in that tunica and it Ugh. and then it kind of bends and gets scar tissue do they gotta yeah. put it in a cast and put it like in a split or what's going on or they do the pump stretcher thing yeah yeah, the pump works and, and gains wave, which is similar to the vaginal lasering that I was talking about. It uses a sound wave that sends a, it's called a shock wave. And what it does is it, 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 it essentially knocks all the plaque off the uh -huh. penile arteries so that it, you get more blood flow and it does that micro damage, that subcutaneous tissue damage that brings in the growth factors from your own body and regenerates tissue and nerve. So you get sensation loss as you age so you can get more sensation back you can get more blood flow and more penile volume turn up the penile volume Woo! we got a loud penis so the gains wave with pee shots do you know about pee shots no but that already scares it's, me it's it doesn't hurt at all it's something going into my penis it does not hurt at all because they numb you with some lidocaine and what they do is they take a vial of your own blood out of your body they put it in a centrifuge they spin it. Okay. They take off the red and the white blood cells, and they're left with the yellow broth. It's called PRP, platelet-rich plasma. Okay. That is what is the healing factors in your own blood. If you got a cut and it starts to heal, that's what's happening. Isn't that the stuff they kind of try to extract from the DNA from stem cells, like you were talking about? Earlier? Well, stem cells come from adipose tissue and bone marrow. Uh -huh. This is similar. This is cytokines and healing factors that come from your blood. When you inject them into your penis, the cytokines are like a dog whistle calls the stem cells to release out of your tissue and come repair the damage. Wow. So instead of going directly to the stem cell, use your own, you can just call the stem cells to repair. That increases that penile tissue volume and reverses that sensation loss. This is the other time I want to say, man, I'm learning so much today alone. And then also how miraculous the human body. Yeah. yeah. I like harnessing your body's own healing powers. Everything I'm talking about is harnessing your body's own healing powers to reverse what happens as we age. Wow. So and you can keep having sex. It's really impressive. Oh, I'm sorry. Go yeah. We're kind of doing the Benjamin Button on my penis. Yes. Okay, cool. <laughs> there's a there's a reason well you roll your eyes. There's a reason why women live longer than men and culturally men are shamed for they don't go to the doctor. They yeah. I I had I a friend forced. who had prostate cancer and he pissed blood for a year mm -hmm. and before he went to the doctor before he went to the doctor oh, he wouldn't like i'm like you how do you ignore pissing blood for a year the reason that al capone's brain got as rotten as it did is he picked up syphilis at 18 and he chose to ignore it for his entire life mm. until his brain was just split pea soup wow just untreated rampant wow. syphilis so and and women are women are allowed culturally to take care of themselves and go to the doctor and and men have this shame of 
if I go to the doctor, I'm weak. If I say there's something wrong with my body, so I'm that, weak. And there's also the giddiness. So like even when you guys were talking technically and I'm listening, do you hear me kind of giggle or <laughs> giggle or laugh a little bit? Sorry about Made that. you nervous. It's a little hot. Um, <laughs> that you guys, I giggled a little bit because it's the... Well, the these ladies will make me, me giggle. It's, it's there's the nothing, there's no shame in being surprised by some of the information that we're getting. But that's, I think, what's wonderful about having these shows. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to come on the edge ladies. of insanity. It's like that we can talk so openly about these radical things that people don't talk about in their lives. Yeah. I mean, people don't talk about their penis and their vagina on the radio, and it's just... It's so sad because there's so much to learn. Well, yeah. And like I said, I, I before I started hanging out with people like you, Monica, I really thought I was a wild child and not a chance. I, I, I listened to this stuff. I am so in the dark at 50. I think I would have to be 100 to kind of be where you all are at some no. point. And then, and then it, again, some of those boundaries I wouldn't push. <laughs> so I don't know. Um, but again, it's great. I'm glad that we do have this time and we're able to... I want to say expose everyone to kind of the whole field between Susan and, and Rain and even Monica. There's there's so much pleasure out there to be had. Mm -hmm. It's a virtual smorgasbord. Yeah, there's so much more we can learn. And I call can, myself an orgasmonaut. I like going into you're going boldly where no woman has gone. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I feel like a big part of what uh, a big part of my role in the universe is um, showing people the map to their orgasmic potential. So, of course, I have to do it myself. You know, I have to take myself out there so that I can show you where to go. Be the change you want to see in the world, <laughs> Susan. Well, that's your, that's your mission statement, it seems like. Now, what about you, Ray? What are, what, are, what are you looking for? What's your mission statement? What's your, like you said, you want to improve on yourself every day. I uh, be less want, of an asshole, I believe. I, I want to help people. Uh, I, I truly believe that the meaning of life is to help others. And we are only on this planet once. And if you help just one other person, then your time on this planet was worthwhile. And the way in which I have choose to utilize helping people is making people more comfortable in their skin. And that's not easy. People really struggle with that. And when I teach a class and someone walks away and they stand up a little taller and their shoulders are back a little more and they're a little more confident, it's so incredibly rewarding and empowering for me. And there are multitudes of ways in which you can be more comfortable in your skin. I've chosen to utilize sexuality as that tool, but I could have chosen any other way. I mean, there's you can do meditation, you can do sexuality, you could do yoga, you could do, you know, in charity work. Uh, really, the core of it is so much of our time is spent suffering and uncomfortable. And what are you going to use to try and make yourself a little more comfortable in your skin? And for me, I've found that sexuality is an incredibly effective tool to get there. And I want to help other people. Uh, in terms of the orgasms, um, I can come so hard that I throw up and pass out. And I truly believe that anybody could get there if they're just willing to let go and relax. And I'm a very tightly wound person, but when I carve out times for relaxing, I can relax like a motherfucker. Well, you, you mentioned the sex, you mentioned yeah. meditation, right. you mentioned certain right. things. 
Right. It's, I have to. I have to consciously carve out also times. Practice. This sure, but but, but the thing years. is, any, anybody yeah. anybody can. I already heard you limiting yourself and holding yourself back. I'm 50. I'd have to be 100. So you're already coming up with an excuse. Right. You've already. Busted. Th- that's, it's amazing. No, what? Okay. Oh, oh no! It's. Shit, right <laughs> it is amazing <laughs> what you can accomplish this. when you stop getting in your own way. And so much of our time is spent holding ourselves back and creating excuses. Well, I'm guilty of it because I'm oh, always I can in tell. my own head. I'm sure, always right, in my right. own head, and I don't know. So that's one thing that holds me back in a lot of outlets of my life. I know we've been hanging out. Dang, I just can't stop this conversation. It's good, isn't it? Is it is a great conversation. Oh, so I want good. you guys to enjoy it, but um, I, I want to give us a little bit of a break. But but you're right. I, I do hold myself back. A lot of it is, I don't know. It's Maybe it's just... I don't know. We'll have to explore that. Maybe it's, it's, very, to... it's a very common human tendency to limit ourselves and hold ourselves back. Well, see, and... I'm a writer and also sure. a comedian, and I'm a stage performer, so mm-hmm. that's where, it actually, like I said, it holds me back in a lot of facets. I get in my mm-hmm. own head, and mm-hmm. let's say it's sex, or let's say it's even being on stage and making people laugh, because that's what drives me. You guys want to bring happiness through sexuality, which would be great for me, but I'm not that guy, but I bring happiness through laughter. And, and entertaining people. That's what drives my endorphins and my stuff in my body get me going. But I hold back in that rein too because I get too much in my head and I think I limit myself. Mm-hmm. Like and I think, judging well, like yourself comedian, like it's not like, good enough because I, not I do, do that to myself, certainly. Right. And I, I think like even when I'm on stage, oh, I'm, maybe I shouldn't say this or do this or I should hold back and you shouldn't. Mm-hmm. That should be no filter. And same thing with the bedroom. If you have someone you've been with for a long time and you feel comfortable with that individual, you should be able to share all of these things with them. Mm-hmm. And you should be able yeah. to spend mm-hmm. time, I think, both with that rockin' hard penis. Hopefully we could get it up and rookin'. But mm-hmm. if not, quality time quality with a flaccid penis. And the ten fingers and, that we definitely right, have. And touching. And there's, you right. know what? I hear there's other ways to pleasure people. There are. And that's, I mean, it, the thing is like the wheelhouses that you and I are carving out in terms of heterosexuality. You, that's what you're doing is heterosexuality, monogamous couples, rock hard dick. That's totally not what I'm exploring. Right. And they're both valid. Right. You know, they're both valid. You probably have a larger slice of the pie. And it that's for me, once I disengage mm, the concept that sex had to require a hard dick, it, it blew my mind. It opened up my world. It was, it was just so another, much, it was yeah. just another dimension. Right, right. Well, that's great. And, and I think we wouldn't find those things if we were limited mm-hmm. and if we were holding back and if we weren't exploring ourselves and our bodies mm-hmm. and feeling comfortable with our partner or partners mm-hmm. and what we're doing. We're here with Susan Bratton, Monica Rain Thomas. Rain DeGray. Rain DeGray. Absolutely. And uh, again. Exploration with Monica. Thank you so much for having us on the edge of insanity. Brandon's over there. He's still here. Yeah, you're still there. <laughs> he, he, you're not talking, man. We're uh, talking about every kind of penis in the world. Uh, and you weren't even jumping in. You know you have one of those, right? Yeah, I do. Okay, good. I'm glad. You can jump into the conversation anytime. Mistress is over here trying to keep me honest. I want to thank you guys. You know how to get this. You can download it on iTunes. And if you're an Android user, you can do that too. Stitcher, TuneIn apps, all that stuff. Or you can get us organically, paulbrumbaugh.com. It's all about sex, right? We're back here live on the edge. And I'm here with, uh, I guess I should actually talk into the microphone. I'm here with uh, Susan Bratton, Monica Thomas, and Rain DeGray. And we will continue the conversation because we never stopped. Even though we were playing music and stuff, we <laughs> kept true. going. And a lot of this conversation has just been great and wild. So let's jump in. I want to know, how can I get better? 
And I'm speaking for all of us out yeah. there. Yeah. How you know? can we push get better ourselves? At what? How get, can we? I want to get be, have better. We're wanting sex. to improve mm. better sex, yeah. being more out there on stage. You know, whatever your passion in life is. Mm -hmm. But I think finding more connection to the body because mm -hmm. you're whatever you're feeling in your body is always going to be in the moment. And that is sacred because we don't have the future. We don't have the past. We do have this moment and something that can get you into the moment is always going to be the sensations on your body. And why not make them pleasurable? Why not make the meditation be on the sensation of your clitoris being stroked? For instance, mm -hmm. you know, like there's so many ways that your body can bring you to the center of who you are, right? Your who you are as a person, what you want to bring to the world, but also closer to your spiritual center, which is this present moment. The motto that I use that I find very beneficial, I call it dropping the fucks. And the thing is that the fucks are sneaky and we pick up the fucks white knuckled in our hands and we look down and we are holding all of the fucks. And it is a conscious practice where you have to open up your hand and drop and the fucks and the fucks are sneaky. You're going to pick them back up. You're like, Oh, I picked up well, the fucks. You habitually have but the fucks and the you're more like, wait, that I you need make to let the go practice of, of dropping the fucks, the fucks, the easier it gets. Oh, right. So I know I find my center. I find my center a lot when I'm, when I'm meditating and I only meditate for five minutes a day, three times a day, at least Oh, unless I'm going through, that's good though. unless I'm going through something else and I'll, I'll pop in a meditation if I'm stressing out or if my, Oh, I don't even have my watch on. If my heart rate goes up, if I'm in a situation where I don't want to take the emotional road, I want to take the logical road. I, I take that time out. It's funny because I actually work in the public and a lot of the time I have to meditate in front of everybody and people don't even realize I'm meditating until somebody's really keyed in and really has a beat on me and goes, Oh, they hear my breathing. Mm -hmm. Are you okay? Oh yeah, I'm fine. And you're just doing your thing. Like with my hands are constantly moving. My body's constantly moving at my day job. And the whole time you have people in front of you, people are just kind of like, huh, what's going on with him? Well, let's talk about ways to get into the moment and meditate whatever you're doing. I think that's an interesting thing because a lot of meditation practices are focused on the breath. There's the Vipassana meditation where you're like feeling the sensation of your hairs moving on your upper lip, being really in tune with your breath, or you're feeling the subtle sensation of the cells being alive in different points in your body as you move your attention like a searchlight through your head and your face and your fingers and all over your body. There's ways that we can also use sex as a meditation. I know that you have also practiced, Susan, the orgasmic meditation or the, what are some other words yeah. for expanded it? Expanded orgasm, Oming, orgasmic yeah, extended meditation, extended massive orgasm. orgasm. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. Lots, of <laughs> Lots of names stroking. for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that you're focusing on either the, the sensation of the clitoris being stroked or the sensation of the one part in the penis, the frenulum mm -hmm. being stroked. Frenulum, yeah. Yeah. And so there's ways to do it where, you know, we can really focus on pleasurable parts of our body being touched with partners or doing it yourself as kind of a pleasure meditation. And we were talking about the history of shame. And I think that this does come in 
play in religion. You know, religion has been a way to get us away from our bodies. That It has said that sex is wrong and connecting with other people before marriage is wrong, that you have to have your relationship sanctified by a priest or something. And that's taking us away from each other in the present moment and really reclaiming ourselves and our authenticity. Who are we able to love and whether or not that's recognized by society, what we can do is transcend now that we want to own ourselves and own the moment and make that the actual moment sacred with, you know, meditation practices or masturbation, which, you know, the history of masturbation was to disturb with the hand. You know, it's like a Victorian idea that you're like <laughs> disturbing your genitals and that's bad. But the thing is, disturbing like, it like they're just supposed to lay there and not do quiet anything and never do anything and be completely forgotten about, which is actually that is the atrophication, right? And we don't have time for sex and we don't, you know, we're too busy and we don't think it's important or we compartmentalize. We don't bring our sexuality into our lives, into the moment. I'm well, sorry, Paul. No, 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 you're fine. I was just, when you were saying that, I thought about even just the studies over the last few years, how they say that our population is on the decline. And it's right. because of we're all going into our bedroom and we're turning on our TVs and we're watching Netflix. We're Netflix and chilling without the chilling. That's why one of the things that I like like to tell couples, I because I'm more in the hetero monogamous sure. world. Oh, she's so inspirational! Wow! So oh my the god, the boob massage thing that you told breast me massage. about. Oh god, yeah, so the breast massage master plan. I'm the token straight guy, and you're the kind of token straight girl. Well, I'm not straight, but my <laughs> isn't that great? Okay, you do it, uh, girl. That's right, Susan. Well, I, you know, an orgasmonaut must explore all things. But uh, one of the things that I tell that I tell people who want to have more intimacy and connection it, that I mean pretty much everybody wants to have more intimacy and connection whatever that means to them and when couples get bored or they end up just watching TV or what have you one of the best things to do is to have erotic play dates you t talked both of you said earlier Monica and Rain that letting go of the desire or the need to have the goal of orgasm I always think that's good because orgasms actually bubble up out of you that you can't make someone come you, well, right. you can and you can at a mechanical level, but if you allow for the orgasms, you they become better. And the expanded orgasm and practice into it, it. Arousal starts with relaxation. Mm -hmm. it, it has to start with relaxation. You can't. It's a sympathetic, parasympathetic nervous system toggle, right. and you've got to be relaxed and then turned on, and, and you have to give yourself a break, and, and then relax. exactly. Yeah. But the erotic play dates are really a good trick. An erotic play date. Yes. Mm -hmm. Cool. For couples where you can learn how to have orgasms with a flaccid penis, mm -hmm. how to give a woman an, or a man an expanded, or anyone across the gender spectrum, an expanded orgasm, or mm -hmm. how to learn how to ejaculate a female ejaculatory pleasure, or, you know, squirting, as some people call right. it. Or there's a million things, you know, how to learn how to be really good dirty talkers in bed. That's really a fun exploration for couples. Sensual massage, genital massage, blowjobs, giving yourself an orgasm while giving fellatio. Oh. I mean, there's millions of things that <laughs> great taste that taste great together. Yeah. So winner, winner, chicken dinner. There's All a million right. things to learn together. And when you want to learn how to do more or be more, especially at a sexual level, 
just deciding one little thing you'd like to learn together and then taking the very first step to do it instead of trying to figure out how to figure it out immediately, but just that first, what's the first thing we have to do to learn this new thing together? That takes, I think, the pressure off as well. Mm -hmm. It's a very toxic mindset that we struggle under that sex should be this spontaneous thing. And if you plan it, somehow it's less magical. It's like, oh, we couldn't ever schedule it because that means it's not magical. I could not, I couldn't, you know, schedule play. Then you're going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. And I I have people that I have an advice column and people write into me all the time and they're like, the sex isn't spontaneously happening. What do we do? Plan schedule it. it. Yeah. Schedule that Tuesday oh, afternoon. Somehow that's not, o'clock. it's not romantic that we're not locking eyes with each other and the electricity's sizzling. You wait for the schedule romance it. to happen. You, you schedule it. And by carving out this time and being like, I'm not going to be distracted with work or kids or home repairs. This I'm is a time to you. I'm going to spend with you. It's like taking the pressure of the orgasm off, taking off the pressure and, and planning this. You give yourself that space where you can allow the magic to happen. Amen, Rain. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, I think also in any given couple, there's the person who has more horniness and the person who has less horniness. Right. That often is a thing. And so yeah. the horny very, person very needs to, the less horny person needs to be like, all right, drag me over the line into horny. Uh, take me with you. Mm-hmm. Get me turned on. Yeah. A lot of husbands say to me, my wife, they're pissed. They're like feeling vic- male pattern anger and victimhood where they're like, my wife never initiates oh, sex. And I'm like, that's your job, babe. You do that and learn how to do it well learn how to be learn how to seduce your woman with integrity and to move her toward her pleasure just because you've got all this testosterone surging through your system that's making you constantly horny and you're masturbating every day and she's not even masturbating and you got to drag her into sex but when she's done she's like oh yeah that, that was, was good nice. i liked <laughs> it I did like that so don't actually. be mad at her because right. she's not testosterone horny person take her with you into pleasure and that helps guys understand a lot like oh well testosterone they think, well, maybe really does it does have a big effect on your sex drive most definitely and <laughs> and when women start True. getting more testosterone through right. kissing yes or, semen yeah or semen mm-hmm. more like, sex gets they, more sex gets yeah, more exactly. sex <laughs> it's like the gift that keeps on getting yeah, fortuitous right? cycle so mm-hmm. the more sex that you're having the more sex the more making out the more mm-hmm. testosterone you're getting as a woman yeah. the more into it that you the more you want it's not like you have sex and then you don't want sex anymore. It's like the opposite of that. It's kind of delightful. It's a delightful spiral. I call it the upward pleasure spiral. Yeah, but you getting on the updraft. As a woman, get into the space where you don't have sex. You don't even have that one orgasm once a month because you're like, oh, I'm too busy to have that. I, I think one moment every month, a woman kind of be like, oh, I'm a little bit horny. But you can so easily say no to that yeah. one little moment mm-hmm. if you don't say, you know, okay, I'm going to make the time. You don't carve with, it out. If you don't actually take your clothes off and start mm-hmm. playing with yourself, pleasuring with yourself, then you miss it. Right. And then you just literally will go for six months without having an orgasm. And then things do start to get further away and seem less interesting. And you're like, but I don't need that anymore. And it's true. You don't need it. You're not going to die. It's good for you, though. But it is so good for you. And it's so healthy and it's so fun and pleasurable. Oh, there. And then you have to have either someone that's going to take you or you have to let in and, and, and drop those boundaries. And you have to do it for yourself. You have to do it for... Hey, for a lot of reasons, for your health, your mental health, 
your psyche holy smokes that's going to help a lot right you really yeah. got and then that's just so your anxiety and then just your overall pleasure in life right you have to find yourself even at 52 your you have to vive. do it your joie de vivre there you go la la la. hey guys it, we're over the 420 shout out he should be calling anytime all the way from woodstock don't go away we still got susan monica and rain Woo. And, and of course, Brandon and Patrick Christine. Carlin later? Patrick should be calling anytime. Exciting. There we go. So here's a little bit of music. We'll be right, right back. All right. This is what I'm going to have to play when Patrick Carlin doesn't call in, right? A little <laughs> bit of Pink Panther. Is he high? I think he's way stoned. I think he's way, what did they he say? Into the took bag. Took 420 to heart. He really did. And, you know, he really plays that part. To What was that, Christine? He's taking a nap. He's no. He's really. He plays a part and he plays it well. So Patrick, um, have a restful. We're nap. sending you good all butt. of our good energy. Yeah. Yes. In our sexual energy. That's right. Maybe. And talking about how we can turn it up. Yeah. Just a little bit more. Like if it's at already at ten, take it to an eleven. If you're at five, wherever you are, you can always just have a little bit more. And how do we do it? It's it's not something that's passive. You don't have to just accept where you are and, and be like, oh, well, I guess this is natural. Because there are ways, there are strategies, there are tools and techniques, Susan Bratton. Yeah. So I've been studying libido, desire, and arousal and what they really mean and what they are. And at a top line, if you think about, you know what a Venn diagram is, the three intersecting circles, right? So they're really three intersecting circles that work together. And libido is your mostly your physicality, your health, both your emotional, mental, and physical health. And your lust for life is your is your passion, is your creativity, is your libido. You don't have, if you don't, if you don't feel well, you don't have libido. Your libido dips when your health dips, emotional and physical health dips. So when it, when it's lower, when you're like, oh, I don't, I'm not really feeling turned on. I'm not really feeling horny. Okay. What's going on with my health? And most often it's either an issue that you're aware of, or it's a bad gut if you're not pooping, mm, your bacteria. If yeah. poops don't, if you don't get up in the morning, the poop doesn't like basically slide out of your butt. You got to look to the gut, and then toxins. We live in the 21st century, and we take, we drink out of plastic water bottles and eat out of plastic wrapped yeah. food. And All those estrogenic compounds. Estrogenic. Are like oh, really that BPA stuff. BPA, and then the herbicides and the glyphosates and all these things are tamping down glass our hormonal everything. production. Yes. Huh. And if glass. your gut's not moving, you can't get the toxins out. So it's like you're living in a sewer with a manhole cover on your head, get and you can't fiber. get above. Yeah, yes. fiber helps a lot. So that's the libido piece is the kind of physicality. And then desire is more of your, how are you feeling about yourself, your body image? Do you have a partner? Are you attracted to them? Do you feel attractive? Is there someone who is the object of your desire or a thing that is turning you on? There's that piece of it, which is more of how you feel about your sexuality. And then arousal is kind of once you get, if you will, into the bedroom, are you getting the kind of stimulation that you need? Does your, is your partner just like grabbing your crotch and tweaking on your nipples and 
trying to get you going or are they holding you and are you relaxing together? And is he, is your partner stroking you? Are you stroking your partner? Are you kissing? Are you connecting? How are you doing that? How are you warming up and dropping into connection together and then taking each other up that arousal ladder and thinking about it that way? So I've been studying the different facets of desire, libido, and arousal. And those are some of my initial kind of high level thoughts. Now, let me ask you, we, we've been talking about you ladies age group because you're long, younger and more beautiful. And then there's me at 50. I'm older than you are. Oh, stop it. Way. Way. <laughs> wow. You, you hold it well there. tell you. Okay. So, but we're looking at all different age groups, right? Because yeah. libido kind of kicks in at different places and for different places for different people. I've always been told like a, a woman reaches her sexual period. Uh, like, that's all bullshit. Is it all bullshit? Bullshit. Like 35 I mean, and a guy bullshit. is like 18. Total and, bullshit. Okay. So then let's go across the spectrum. I just got something off our social media that says this is a great show. This is an interesting show that you have today. Good. But I want to know, we've heard about the younger folks. We heard about the 50-year-olds. They're asking about the 75-year-olds. Yeah, great. So Amen. how do they, what do That's they do wonderful. in the bedroom? Fuck like bunnies, have hot sex. But what if they're, what if they're disconnected? Not that they don't have time. It looks like this person that's on social media says they're there all day. They're really in two different worlds. They could be in the same room, but they're in two different worlds. How do we bring them oh, together? How do they connect? Yeah. Like, How do they make time for each other and that right. connection? Because a lot of times people do. They're, they're working on different things in different rooms. They're in the same house. Or most common scenario is she's bored to death having sex with him. So she, he's still horny because he's got testosterone and she's like, meh, I'm done with you. Either it's I'm over 50 and I've gone through menopause. So procreation's off the table. So we're not having sex anymore, or I'm just not feeling it for you, or you are gross to me now, or you pissed me off, you know, in yeah, whatever that, way. That and I can't get over it. Feelings thing is big. And it can go the other way. There are a lot of women who write into me who say my boyfriend or my husband has no interest in sex and I'm the horny one. What do I do? You know, right. so it's, it's definitely that asymmetry of desire is the it, kind of technical term. libido yeah. is the most common thing that people write into me about. Yeah. Right. And my solution has always been, and I know it's not going to work for everyone. My solution is that I am a really fierce poly advocate and mismatched libido is such a common thing. Mm. And when you're in a monogamous situation one or both of those people in that equation is going to end up feeling screwed or not screwed. Yeah. And, and the resentment is going to build. And it's, it's really hard for me with the parameters of monogamy to be like one person's desire is going to be stronger. They're going to feel resentful and rejected. The other person that's desire is less is going to feel pressured and, and resentful at the pressure. And it just spirals. For me, it's obviously not a solution that's going to work for everyone, but the reason I am such a fierce advocate for polyamory is that we are raised with this romantic notion that your soulmate's out there. You're going to find that person, your soulmate, you're going to be compatible, and that is such a high bar to set on someone. And you can't find 100%. You find 70% and you settle, and you're like, I'll just grit my teeth through the other 30%. I can't stand the way you brush your teeth, but you know what? I'm just going to make it work. With polyamory, I truly believe that I deserve 100%. You deserve 100%. Everybody deserves 100%. By not putting that burden of 100% on one other person's shoulders, you get your chances of having your needs met. I hate camping. 
my husband loves camping. He's going to go sit in the dirt with someone. Have fun. There's no internet. Bye. Like I love electricity and the internet. You want to sit in the dirt. <laughs> you got one and, out there. But you know what? The great thing about polyamory is my husband can find a girlfriend and they can go sit in the dirt and I can stay at home in my bed because it's comfortable. Right. This in the is, dark with my little panda bear. And I, I love, can sleep. I've, I've got a, I've got a cat. I've got the internet. I've got pajamas, the most comfortable bed. Why the fuck would I leave my house? Right. That's that doesn't answer the. I'm actually kind of like curious because you have. I have a different solution. Yeah, I mean, this is a very effective solution for me. It's one that yeah. I preach in my classes. But how do you do that with a monogamous situation? Well, usually what happens is that people um, get together and they make love for a number of years, and then one of the one of the two people, the new relationship energy wears off, mm -hmm. or it's the same o same o, mm -hmm. or they're not having the or, good orgasms, so it's not that good for them. You know, like maybe you know you've heard about the orgasm gap where the the ma the male bodied is you know able to have an orgasm and ejaculate ninety to a hundred percent of the time from penis and vagina sex, which is mm -hmm. what the you know that's the that's the uh, go to thing for and it the only monogamous takes couple. Them seven minutes, and then the woman, uh, the female, is uh, struggling to even have an orgasm some of the time if she's lucky, and most mm -hmm. don't. Mm -hmm. And so, how long is that going to go on where she's mm -hmm. going to want to have sex with him if she's not even really having orgasms? So, taking it back to learning new skills together in the bedroom that aren't necessarily orgasm goal oriented or aren't penis and vagina sex orgasm uh, oriented or things like that, but just really learning new skills together, being willing to start over and understand that women need to be slowly aroused. They're not, you just don't jump into them and yeah, they couldn't having, be turned on instantly. They're, like you can't just be like, yeah, okay, she's a fire. He's the light switch. She's a fire. She needs to be kindled. She needs to be blown on and warmed up and little logs dropped on. Not just one <laughs> giant log thrown down in the middle and it's like, boom, try and light this thing. You know, it just doesn't work. So couples that play together stay together, especially in the bedroom. And when you begin to romance her again or him again, when you find out what it is that's holding them back from wanting sex, when you get really truthful and you say, okay, why? Well, I really, I never have orgasms or I don't know. I'm just not attracted to you anymore. You got so fat or whatever it was, you know, you just have to be honest and tell everybody has to be honest about where they are with it and why they don't want it or why they want it or what it might look like. And then make a list of things that, you know, these are things that are off the table for me, but these are things that I'd be open to and look where your lists can work together and work mm -hmm. on the things that you could both be open to and go from there and begin again. And that often rekindles the connection between couples. That's actually a, a practice that I have. I call it the top five list. Uh, mm. Communication is key. Yeah. It's, it's all about honesty and communication and people really struggle with that. Yeah. The more honest you are and the more effective of the communicator you are, the more likely you're going to have your desires met. And there, I have, I give a lot of hacks in my classes for how do we do communication? Cause it's easy to say communication. All right. Well, what how what like i want to yeah and my top five that i do it's a homework assignment because it can be hard to look someone directly in the face and mm -hmm. and do verbal sometimes people feel easier with the texting or the emails i'm like mm -hmm. write a top five list of the top five things you'd most like to explore 
have your partner do the same, exchange the list and organize it with what you're most interested in that top five. And that creates uh, a, a way to facilitate communication that can kind of jumpstart things. So there should be almost a prerequisite to doing that. You should have a, you should have a beginning conversation before you do that with your partner. I would think, I would think that you would want to say, okay, we're going to swap these lists. Oh, you don't just throw a list at someone's head. Right. No, no, no but no, I, no, but no. I mean, no, no, but I mean, you can have the conversation and go, okay, you know what? Let's spice things up, darling. Let's swap this list. I'm going to write down my type five. You write down your time. Let's swap. I think there should be a little bit deeper conversation where you're saying, okay, but don't judge me. Right. Oh, don't yeah. judge me for my top five. Yeah. It's, the thing, well, it's, it's all about communications. Like it doesn't, top five is one of the tools I use, but I'm like, you can share erotica. You can share photos. Right. You can, you can find porn clips. Like people, not everyone can look someone in the face and be like, let me talk about my most intimate, dirty secrets. But I can so, text you yes, a yes, dick pic or I can. Right. There, so there, the thing is you need to find your language that you can communicate the most effectively in and do that with your partner. So it doesn't necessarily have to be a top five. It's all about communication. What's the best, most effective way for you to communicate with your partner? Right. It's going to be different for everybody. Now, we got about... about Oh, 10 more minutes in live broadcast. Uh, Patrick Carlin is joining us. He, he's somewhere in the deep woods of Woodstock. Hey, Patrick, what are you doing, buddy? I'm listening, and I'm learning, and I'm very happy with what the ladies are saying. It makes absolute sense, man. You know, got to talk up and say what you want, man. Yeah, stand up uh, fires. Yeah, you know, uh, I think it's nice, uh, you know, it's, it's nice if the guys wanted a little more than the chicks. Sometimes, because, uh, sometimes. That's that is true, sometimes. That's easier to manage. You know, you say, slow down, motherfucker. You were in here three days ago, so, uh, <laughs> you know, just hang in till the weekend I often or find, though, that I am the one who's like, hey, you know, we haven't had sex in a while, honey. And that doesn't work. I have found that at least in my, uh, my it would sure work here. Yeah, right. Well, everyone's different, right? Well, everyone's Marlene, I hope you're situation. listening. His, his oh, wife. she does. We we get along fine. Right, <laughs> yeah, and so I fine. have to communicate with him non-verbally. Right, I can't just be like verbally. Hey, I would like to have sex more often. I just have to go and start taking off his clothes. Yeah, just grab his dick. Yeah, that's yeah. very clear communication. And that really yeah. is clear communication. And guys and actually really like that. He's generally into it, generally. right? And so he no, would. I, I well, used just time. said to me, she says, "Tell him how often. Tell him how often it is before you slow down." <laughs> Wait, try that again. What is? And she's just shaking her head. No, it isn't like that at all. I'm no? not a fiend. Oh, she says. She says, "Yes, it is." No, <laughs> it isn't that way at all. Marlene's oh, all no. over the place. I can see. Okay, good. But I, I, again, I think it's about open communication it sounds like with you and marlene you guys have open communication and just like susan's saying you, you need to be able to talk to your partner and and rain at least you have some communication prior even if you're poly some idea of hey where are we going tonight on this on this trip that mm -hmm. we're taking together mm -hmm. and oh, hopefully yeah. we both arrive at the same place doesn't have to be at the same time, but at least if we both arrive Mutually at the station. pleasurable destination. Yes. <laughs> and, yeah. and hopefully one of us is not feeling empty or yeah. filled. Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. So. <laughs> yeah. But that's what I mean. So, so many puns. Hey, you know what? It's that time. How did we end up today? Let's go around the table and see how everybody's feeling. Susan. Well, can I give a plug for something that I'm doing? Oh, sure. Especially that you were talking about the sex toy company. You give them a plug. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. Right. For the pulsators. The reason that I know all about all of these re sexual regenerative therapies and how to reverse aging and stay 
stay sexually vital for as long as you live. So when you're 75, 85, and 90, you're still having great sex. I put together an event that's free and online called the Sexual Vitality Summit. And you can sign up for it at moresexualvitality.com. And every day for a week, you get interviews that I've done with my dream team of sexologists and functional doctors who can help you overcome trauma, heal your issues, reverse atrophy, fix painful sex, avoid STIs, deal with herpes, you name it. Even how to talk to your kids about sex in today's world. What we really wanted to do was, this is sex ed for grown-ups. I'd love for anyone listening to join us at moresexualvitality.com. It's totally free. Susan Bratton, thank you very much. Thank you. And Rain DeGray also has a blog and podcast. My website is raindegray.com. I can be found as Rain DeGray on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, FetLife. I have a Dirty Talk podcast and I have a Dirty Talk advice column, which celebrated its two-year anniversary. I teach a lot of classes. This month, I have an upcoming oral sex class for kink.com on September 23rd. I'm going to be, I believe, giving someone breast implants. So that's going to be interesting. That's on the 20th. And if you go to my website, you can find links for all the classes and performances. Wow. So that's rain to gray, everybody. Monica, we need to do this. So this is what you and I need to do. Exploration with Monica and the Edge of Insanity. Need to go to some of these events, like your oral class. And what about you, Monica? Where can we find all your stuff? Sexplorationwithmonica.com. I'm on Instagram and Facebook and all the places. So Radio Free Yourself is my Instagram handle. And we're having another bondage dinner. So Mm -hmm. confession, a five-course sensual feast, beauty, bondage, and transcendence. Mm -hmm. That's the thing that I wanted to talk about sacred sexuality today because it is that space of transcendence where we transcend our future, our past, our shame, and we're really in the present moment, in our sensations, in the pleasure of dinner together, in the communion of a shared space. This beautiful cathedral in a context of freedom, you know, in a context of celebration. It's a beautiful space. Yeah. Gorgeous. So I'm very excited about that. Thank you so much for letting us on the edge of insanity. It's always a pleasure for Sexploration with Monica to be here. And it's always a blast doing this with you, Monica. So we got to do this. We got to go out to some more of these events. I would like to invite both of you ladies back again. We have a blast. There wasn't enough time in the day. Brandon, where can we find everything that you do, my friend? Brandon Ray Brumbaugh on Facebook. So Brandon Ray. And then Patrick. Man, he's an author of books. What is this? Third one. There's his first one, which is the novel Highway 23. There's the second one, Kian fucking Sabi. And then there's the third one now. It's Quinn's Barn Grill. I want to say to you guys, thanks for listening. Keep standing up. We appreciate all the social media feedback. Thank you again, ladies. Connect with me at Sexploration on Twitter. Sexploration with M-O-N-I-K-A on Facebook. And for tickets to hashtag erotic church, visit sexplorationdinner.com. <laughs>